This principle of success is called the Mastermind Principle. The, 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 the Mastermind Your Life Podcast. Podcast. If you're wanting to realize your ideas, goals, and dreams, and on the journey of masterminding your life, it's time for the podcast made just for you. This is the Mastermind Your Life Podcast. With Tolu Owoyemi. Hey, 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 what's going on, my masterminders? Welcome to another episode of Mastermind Your Life. We got Michael Vargas in the house, a.k.a. CEO of Ford Growth Media. Look, we got a digital marketing expert, specialist, e-com specialist in the house, helping clients scale six, seven, eight-figure brands. Michael, welcome to the show. Awesome, totally. Thank you for the intro there. Nah, uh, first of all, appreciate you, you know, being able to be somebody that, you know, disciplined and, you know, made those actions and studied and learned how to be of value to people in, you know, situations. Value to me, you know, Michael is basically, you know, running our ads for not only me, but for the client campaigns too as well. So, you know, you had to learn those things and, you know, study and, you know, trial and error to be able to be proficient at what it is that you do. 100%. 100%. Yeah, it's been a, um, a decently long journey, um, you know, in the, in the grand scheme of things. So I started out in April of 2017. That's when I started learning about marketing. Initially, it started out doing more social media management based stuff focused on um, organic content, helping clients post on their social media, grow their social media, engage with their audience, things like that. And then uh, maybe like one or two years in, it started transitioning more to like fully paid advertising. So mainly Facebook ads. Now we do a little bit of like TikTok ads or Google ads, but like 95% plus is Facebook ads. Um, and we help clients scale up their ad spend, get more leads, get more customers. You know, clients anywhere ranging from spending 50 to 100 bucks a day to clients spending, you know, 1000 2000 $3,000 a day and beyond. Um, so it's been, a, it's been a pretty cool journey. Awesome. And I think that's what makes all of this so exciting is because, you know, uh, quote unquote, I am a digital marketer too. <laughs> so there's so many uh, fluctuations and changes, but talk about like the early, early, you know, before you're who you are today, what actually mm-hmm. even got you? Uh, did you read an audio book? Was there a video on YouTube? Did you see an ad? What got you interested in this world? Yeah, so before I was into digital marketing, I would say I was always into like personal development, even from like high school. Um, just because I always, I, once I heard about it, I feel like the concept is kind of addicting. Like you can improve yourself. Like it almost kind of was a way to like gamify life and make uh, your life almost like a video game. Mm. So you can improve in these different areas and almost like level up your character. And growing up, I did play a good amount of video games. Um, so I feel like that's maybe where it appealed. And I was like, well, instead of leveling up a virtual character, I can actually like level myself up. So that's kind of where I started and I started reading, listening to audiobooks, trying to build good habits. And then from there, eventually, um, it was like, well, you know, the opportunity to start a business seems, seems pretty appealing um, to have more control over your schedule and over your income and things like that. So then that naturally transitions to um, at some point I came across some different ads and I'm sure everyone sees now, you know, some of the ads that, you know, we're actually like running and stuff like that. But um, at the time, like I didn't know how to run ads or know anything like that, but I saw an ad and it was you know, about an opportunity and it kept popping up about like, you know, starting like a, a social media marketing agency, helping people with their social media and marketing. And one of I think the points that made sense to me was, you know, if you go into finance or insurance, and obviously there's a lot of people that are younger that do that as well. And that's, that's awesome. But, um, you know, in, in marketing, especially digital marketing, people associate it with, you know, if you're younger, you grew up with it, you might be more inclined to do it. 
So that's kind of where it clicked, where I was like, okay, like this is a, a field maybe where I would have credibility despite my age. Um, so then I went out there speaking to business owners like in my local area, just trying to see if there was even interest. Like, hey, would you guys be willing to, you know, pay someone to help out with like social media marketing and stuff like that? So there was a pretty good response. And then once I was able to go through like some of the programs I was going through and have an idea of actually what I was doing, because when I had that initial conversation, like I didn't really know what I was doing. Uh-huh. Um, I came back, was like, hey, let me just like finish my courses and stuff. Came back, ended up repitching some of them and signing a first initial few clients like that locally. Nice. Um, and then from there, ended up expanding into like using different platforms and mechanisms online to get clients like digitally, like, you know, so I could do it more instead of having to like drive to meetings and stuff like that, being able to work from home. And instead of also being limited to working with clients in a certain area, I was able to, you know, go nationally, internationally, stuff like that and have a bigger pool of clients to work with. So then that was the transition I made. And then again, going from organic content to more paid and Facebook ads and things like that. So, but that's kind of, I guess, took me from someone who had no idea about this world or anything relating to personal development into, you know, growing to where I am today, essentially. Awesome. Now, what were the programs that were initially taken by you that kind of showed you, you know, hey, here's how you run an ad. Here's the Facebook ads manager. And like, these are how you engage with clients. Can you remember some of them? Yeah, so the first one was actually, um, it was a program by a guy called Ty Lopez and it was just like his Ty Lopez SMMA program. That was like kind of one of the OG ones in the space that kind of like formed the industry. I don't know if it's popular anymore, but <clears throat> that was the first one that I took. Um, you know what's that, crazy? Uh, that's what got me started. His uh, oh, really? 67 Steps, you remember that? <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't think I ever took that one, but I, I'm familiar with that. That was. Yeah, okay, so I guess before SMMA, that was kind of like another info product that kind of like blew up and a lot of people were taking it because he had that, you know, that ad that pretty much everyone's seen at this point, like the Here in My Garage, so that one insanely viral. I read a book um, a day. So I guess that gave him- I'm a super Say brainy. Again? I read a book a day. I'm a super brainiac. <laughs> yeah, so that was the branding initially that, that got it going there. So, but yeah, so that's the one that got me started. After that, like there's definitely other courses, but I don't really remember them as much. That was obviously my first one because now like, I'm at a point where like I've just seen a lot of courses. I've enrolled in a bunch of different courses. You pull little nuggets here and there. But when people ask me now, I feel like most of the insights I get is it's sporadic, maybe through people that I know in my network or like little pieces I might read here or this little thing I might see in a YouTube video. But like 80% plus is just like trial and error and like Oof. seeing things. And I feel like when you're actually like in the weeds doing something, That's I can take one insight from one client and um, send it over to another client and just like, when you're in the trenches like that, you always have new ideas and stuff. So I feel like that's kind of what keeps on the cutting edge because like it's one thing to read about a change um, or see it in a video. It's another thing when you actually see the change happen in real time. So exactly. that's kind of what's been most vital for me at this point. But in the beginning, I think courses are definitely really helpful. Yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of like a jump start, you know, a spark to kind of get, you know, and that boost of confidence to be like, you know what, I got this. Let me go out and start talking to people. And you're so right about, you know, being in the trenches. And I feel like a lot of people are afraid of being in the trenches because it's dirty, it's nasty, you will get shot, you will get punched, you will fall down. Uh, But there's so, it's full of diamonds, like of experience, it's full of diamonds of um, how to be better, how to be clever, how to best deliver results, how to overcome uh, setbacks that other people would not be able to overcome like the whole ios 14 update there's still agencies and marketers and people that they're still stumped by it till today yeah um and the thing i think that you said is interesting is that you're able to take 
what you've learned in the trenches, what you've been able to, uh, from hands-on real life experience and yep. deliver it to other clients. And hence the yep. word expert or specialist, because they don't want to get their hands dirty and start trying to figure out like, oh, what are you doing yep. with aggregated events in Facebook, man? Yep. No, they're like, I gave you the money. You figure it out. <laughs> Give me the results yep. I'm looking for. Um, yep. You know, everybody that's somewhat in this field, they always have that, oh my God, my first client, like, you know, it was talk about your uh, first client kind of like experience. So like, you know, the memory. Yeah. So it was like a little different then, but it was uh, a local kind of like fashion boutique shop. Um, and it was a very small client and we actually went in and like even helped. Um, I kind of like outsourced to a like photographer from my uh, school at the time and they actually took some photos and then we were able to like post those on the social media. And that's where I got experience using some of the automation tools for that, doing some stuff to grow. Um, she also needed a little bit of help with her Shopify store. So at the time I didn't really know what I was doing with that, but I don't even remember what we were doing with it, but we were doing something in the back end of Shopify. It out. <laughs> Pretty much, I mean, it might've actually, now that I think of it, it might've actually even built the site from scratch, but I, I don't even remember. But um, yeah, so figured out some stuff there, just a little bit of everything. Um, a very, very small business with like a solo kind of uh, founder funny. who was like kind of, you know, the owner, but also like in the store every day, pretty much doing everything. Um, so that was like the first experience. Um, I know that's kind of like, yeah, I mean, I'm just grateful that like, obviously like, you know, she believed in me to give me that chance. Cause also I think for anyone like starting something or taking courses, it's like the second you actually get a real client, even if the amount of money you exchange isn't a lot, it still makes it real. And you're like, oh wait, I can actually do this. So I remember like leaving like, and she actually like um, paid in like a written check at that point. So I remember just leaving the store like with that. I mean, it was, I think like a $200 amount. It wasn't anything crazy, but it, it was like, oh, like this is actually real. Um, yeah, this is real. Like I can actually do this. And then I feel like even though, you know, it, it didn't really make sense. And if I looked at my hourly rate at that point, it probably wasn't like, you know, less than uh, very much less than minimum wage. It was still fun. It was still earning income and still learning and at least making it real versus like continuing to watch courses without, you know, getting proof. Cause it's one thing to watch a course and be like, Oh, I can probably do this. It's another thing when you, you know, you get your first rep and you're like, Oh wait, this is real. So then from there I ended up getting a few more clients in that very local area. Nice. Um, one, another small, like, um, men's fashion store, similar setup there, same thing, website, social media, same thing. And then a salon that was a little bit bigger. Um, and yeah, just doing pretty much similar stuff, but you know, it became a little hard to manage the way it was structured, you know, like, going in for like a photo shoot for the content. Obviously like these clients were, you know, weren't paying very much, not, not that they should have been, cause I didn't really know, you know, didn't have as much experience mm -hmm. as they do now, but um, yeah. So that was kind of like the setup and what that looked like for the first client. And then the first three clients looked very similar. <clears throat> and then after that um, is when I started like looking for ways to find clients online. And then once I was able to do that, um, I was able to go into a bigger pool and yeah, get some bigger clients. I had a little bit of experience under my belt. So it became, I would say the first three clients were pretty much the same. And then after that, I started kind of like figuring things out and, and getting a better grasp on it. Yeah. Now, it's always extremely fascinating, you know, when we can even think back to the early beginnings, because they usually sold drastic from, you know, when you look at today in terms of like client acquisition and, you know, how you engage with the quality or the type of client. And when yeah. you think about it, there's still those business owners that are solo, small niche. And those guys that are going in there like, hey, let's get a photo shoot. And like, because yep. it's all like 
a process of evolution. Even when you think about business, business, if you had like a uh, cartoon diagram and there's like level one and then yep. level 99 is like the guy on the jet yep. that like owns like a whole bunch of like enterprises, you know, that's why I think people find like the Ty Lopez is like extremely fascinating because of like yep. his presentation to the world is like, it's like, hmm, that's yeah. actually quite interesting and fascinating. Uh, Definitely. I still remember... Uh, the first client, I actually went in there with, like, with a camera, and I was, like, in there, like, adjusting the aperture lens, and I was like, I don't know what I'm doing, but I was like, okay, he's, like, you know, taking content and just trying to provide value. Um, yep. After, you know, you did the local, and you begin to graduate, how, like, talk about, you know, running ads like you know when it's like actually like okay uh, i'm setting up a creative i'm going into the facebook ads manager mm -hmm. i'm hitting run yep definitely so <clears throat> first we always start with like kind of the business objective or like the goal in mind so like obviously some people are looking to expedite their their lead generation and get more leads other people are like hey we need to get conversions um, and those are the main two verticals we work in obviously there probably are some people out there that want like brand awareness or different things like that but uh, most of it's either lead gen or um, conversion focused. So from there, once we have the end goal in mind, we'll build out a strategy around it. So in the beginning, we have like a foundational car process, which stands for copywriting analysis and research. This Ooh. is where we might analyze nice. some competitors, um, look at like the way they message in their own copy or like competitor copy, if they have copy on their website, on their social media pages, things like that. Um, and then also they fill out an intake form. So we analyze what's submitted in the intake form, kind of like get a feel for the business. And typically at that point, even before anyone works with us, we'll usually have like a two call kind of screening process. So we'll do like an initial call just to get an idea on like what their kind of like situation is, what their budget, what they've done in the past to see if it's something we can help with. Then in the second call, we'll usually kind of like have an audit of what their current strategy is, share what we would do differently and then see if we're gonna move forward together. Um, but then, yeah, so I also have an idea from that because obviously we might spend some time together talking about their business and such. Then we take everything in the onboarding, the research that we do, and then we can build out that game plan depending on what their goals are. Um, and then from there, yeah, it looks like maybe just writing the copy out. Um, from After that point, there's not like a step, step-by-step -step that we have. This is where I kind of step in. Um, but yeah, like I'll write copy for them if it's needed or me and my team will write copy if it's needed. We'll choose out of the creatives they have, which is usually the case, like they'll do their creatives in-house. So we'll choose their best creatives to use or sometimes we'll strategize with them if they need help in that capacity. So then we take the ad, we match it up with the right copy, and then we try to put it in front of the right audience. So typically we'll we'll run a few different campaigns. So we have our top of the funnel, which is cold audiences. The ones there we'll usually test are your lookalike audiences, which is where Facebook will take any pre-existing data you have and then build an audience off of that. Um, interest targeting, which is just like Facebook's uh, interests that are in Facebook, you know, like your health interest, um, travel interests, whatever the interests are. Um, and then we'll also leverage uh, a broad audience. So where you leave the targeting completely open and then Facebook goes off the creative and the copy and finds your ideal customer for you. Then you have your middle of the funnel um, and typically the audiences will leverage there are your any Facebook engagers, Instagram engagers, ad engagers, and then any video viewers. If there's a lot of videos in the profile or video ads that are being run, then you have your bottom of the funnel, which is like your hot, your, like your hot audience or like your most warm audiences which would be your web visitors. And it also depends on how you have your your thing, your pixel and your business set up, but your web visitors at the least, 
Um, and then if it's e-commerce, maybe you have add to cart, initiate checkout, add a payment info and your purchase. And then we also have post-purchase campaigns will run. So this is for people that have already purchased. Um, and again, all these are dependent on the business and stuff like that, where we can target existing customers, try to get them to reorder, upsell to higher products, um, drive customer LTV and Ascension and things like that. Um, and that's like our full kind of strategy from onboarding all the way through like campaign launch and creation. Then from there, there's a lot of data analysis that goes on in the back end. So we do all of our reporting in a spreadsheet. We do a weekly report. We have two check-in calls per month with all the clients um, or it depends on the client as well. But yeah, so we, we set it up like that. Um, and we do a lot of data analysis. So if we need to, we'll look at Facebook dashboard after iOS 14, as Tolu mentioned earlier, we'll look in maybe the back end of the website and try to do some attri uh, attribution through that. We'll look at Google Analytics. There's some platforms now that are even external software. So there's a lot that you could do, but that's how we look at it all the way through. And then from there, it's all about optimizing. Different things can come up in every, every different case. Maybe we have to adjust the messaging. Maybe we have to adjust the audience or the creative or rewrite the copy. But then from there, it's just optimization, taking learnings of, hey, why didn't this ad work? How can we fix it? Um, and that's, uh, as Tolu says, like, welcome to the, the world of ever-changing digital marketing. So that's kind of <laughs> how that works out. Exactly. And that's why we get paid. Because what you just mentioned to somebody that doesn't know any of this world, you just spoke a different language. Um, like, to me, I completely understood every, like, nook and cranny of what you said. But to somebody on the outside... They heard some new invented language that just came out in 2022. Uh, yep. How do you de-stress from all of this? You know, because running an agency, you have client expectations that are on your shoulders. Some of them yep. are looking to you as the savior to their business. Some people are, you know, erratic. They're spontaneous. There, there, there's stresses involved with any business of course yeah. but digital marketing and you know having an agency has its own uh unique uh particular set of stresses but how do you how do you yeah. kind of uh unwind and recharge and de-stress from all that yeah um so i probably don't have the best answer to this but i think part of it also comes from like um i think it's there's a few things I look at. One is like your threshold. So I think different people have different abilities to handle stresses at like a different level. So I think as you get into this stuff, like the problems I thought were big when I started are obviously very minuscule to like the problems that I would face now. Exactly. So I look at it like that. I also look at problems or stress as like a challenge. Like it means it's like an opportunity to grow, which might sound kind of corny, but I don't look at stress in a bad way. Also, since I do kind of like work on my own, like a lot of the stress maybe is like more self-induced. Like there are external demands and pressures, but at the end of the day, I have like freedom to choose like who I work with, who I don't work with, what I do and what I don't do. Um, always acting within the best interest of the client. But so I think when I look at it, like someone might view my situation and be like, oh, that must be stressful. But I think the way I look at it and the way I handle it and operate, um, it, it isn't really, I don't find it that stressful, at least now, if I was doing the same exact workload now that I was five years ago when I started, that would be overwhelming. That would be like earthquake chaos. But now like, also we, you know, we have good systems. Like I do have a, a strong team. We have good systems for how we do reporting and, and a lot of things like that, you know, even our onboarding and stuff. So it's not like we're always chasing things. It's like, hey, this is step one, this is step two. There's a lot of like, if this doesn't work, we'll do this. So I think the experience helps, but outside of that, you know, I try to unplug um, if I can for at least like one day per week entirely where I won't do any work. Nice. I try to switch off at least for 
a couple hours in the evening. Like I'm always responsive to clients if they need things and stuff like that. But I do try to switch off for a bit in the evening so I don't get like entirely burnt out because if you're always go, 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 it's easy to burn out. So just a little bit of time there maybe to like uncharge and like watch a video on YouTube or or go on a walk or just go outside and and do something like that to just unwind. Um, And then I try to maintain like good habits around like eating consistently. Like I'll have a smoothie every morning and just eating healthy and eating the best I can to energize myself so that I can get a lot of work done. Um, and another one that's been recent that I've tried to implement, um, I think it's it's noticeable to people that kind of work with us, is like speed. So I think like if you ever go slow on something and you let all of your tasks bottle up, then you're like, oh, I got 10 things to do. Like, I, I can't be bothered. Like, yeah, I'll do it later. But if every time something comes in, you're like, go, 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 done. And you just start checking things off. You build like an internal momentum that um, allows you to keep going and keep getting things done, but then you never have that overwhelm of like, oh, I have five things to do. So that's another thing that helps. Like I just, when things come in, I try to get them there. Cause especially in a client business, if you let things pile up and then clients are like, hey, where's this? You said you were gonna do that. You said you were gonna send this report. Then I can see that getting pretty stressful. So um, oh, yeah, I hope those are a few tips I would say. Yeah, those are pretty awesome tips, especially like, you know, that consistency with routine you know, being able to like, you know, have a few hours to like recharge and like the systems, you know, systems, uh, I I mean, that's a business is literally a system that provides value to people. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, that's why I was kind of like, there's that level one business owner and there's that level 99 yeah. business owner. And that level 99 yep. is like laser systems, like this instilling it. And it's so fascinating to see that mind of the entrepreneur kind of like, okay, like, let me rearrange this. Let me do it like this. What is, or who, you know, as entrepreneurs, we pour into our clients, we pour, you know, as service providers, especially because part of what we do is to actually face the client and, you know, engage and give them the best tips and how, who pours into you? Like, do, do you listen to Ty? Do you what? Like, do you have a mentor that kind of like pours into you? So, how do you uh, get replenished in terms of you know people that are operating on a higher level? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I think where I'm at now is just pulling nuggets from like little different places. So, like, I don't know if there's any one in particular, but I always constantly am reading something or listening to an audio. Um, I am surrounded with a lot of other business owners, like in my like personal network, like friends and stuff like that. So I think when I when you start and when I started, it was a lot more like, hey, I need to consciously build this out. I need to be reading these books, watching these videos. Now I've just kind of put myself in a situation where a lot of the people that I know, you know, are doing things that I might look up to in a certain way. So it's kind of just happens naturally. Um, when I do spend that time socializing with friends or whatever, like a lot of times ideas get shared and different things like that. So it's more of informal things now. So I don't know if it's anything, like I said, I'm always learning, exposing myself to podcasts, books, YouTube. I wouldn't say it's like one person. It's just probably a mix of ideas. And I think a great place that's underlooked now is Twitter. There's a lot of like very large entrepreneurs that just post their day-to-day insights and problems, like especially guys running like $10,000 a day and upwards on Facebook ads. And they're like, hey, you know, we're looking at this attribution software. Oh, we're doing this campaign structure. And it's like, you know, we're doing this media buying tactic and it's like in the moment it might not be useful, but then a client situation might pop up six weeks later. I'm like, oh, I remember that thing that I read. Maybe we should try that. And then maybe it doesn't work or maybe it crushes. Yeah. Um, we had that happen with one strategy that we use sometimes to scale is it's called like a cost cap in Facebook, but you can put like 
a cap on how much you've been willing to spend to pay for a lead or a customer. And most people shouldn't use that if you don't know what you're doing. But um, yeah, like occasionally if we find something that's winning and we're like, hey, we want to scale it up, we'll throw it into a cost cap and get that going. That was just like a random uh, thread on Twitter that I read one morning and I never really experimented with before. And then I was like, oh, let's give it a go. And then I started crushing it. And we scaled to like $600 a day just in that one campaign. And it was like, oh, let's let's keep going. So, um, yeah, that, that's kind of what I would say. It's kind of sporadic, I guess. So, um, yeah. No, no, that's completely awesome. And that's part of, you know, being an agency owner is strategies, you know, implementing new strategies. Like if you're that guy who's using strategies from 10 years ago, 15, 20 years ago, and you refuse to see the light with any new strategy, yeah. you're going to be out of that business quick. Like before you can believe yep. and open your eyes. Um, yeah, hundred percent. And that's the thing, even with all the changes with iOS that have happened over the last two years, if you're operating from an old framework, you're kind of, it's going to be very difficult if you don't know how to set up all those aggregated events, use Google analytics and use UTMs and all this stuff. Like you just can't really look only at the dashboard anymore. If you're doing other kinds of campaigns, if you're doing Facebook Legion form, then yeah, that's fine. But if you want to move into a lot of this other stuff, you have to understand attribution and like, I guess also starting out running Facebook ads used like back before even I started, people say you could like throw t together any picture ad, anything like that. And you would just get purchases flying in. Yeah. Now you almost need to have a better business. Advertising costs are more expensive. You need to have a good product. You need to have upsells. Um, you need to, you know, understand how to drive like loyalty and retention and all these different things where maybe in the beginning you could just throw up an ad and get sales. Um, so I do think that's challenged a lot of businesses to become better businesses. Um, and as a marketer, it also made us get more into like data analysis and understanding the numbers because especially at media buying, if you don't um, understand your numbers and understand what's going on in the account, you can't refine it, you can't optimize it, and you, you can't scale it. So, um, yeah. And, and it's, you're, you're right. The competition now <clears throat> is a lot and it's only going to become more and more stiff. It's only going to become yep. more and more saturated every day. Thousands of people are starting businesses every day. Thousands, probably that's just a low estimate, but they're uh, getting into the ad manager. They're running their ads. So uh, yep. now you really have to be solid across the board and you're going to be rewarded for that. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, the leaks and the cracks and crevices back in the days, you could get away with that for <laughs> like forever. But now you have yep. those cracks and those crevices and the pressure of the market saturation will blow those things wide apart and you will get exposed. Um, talk yep. about the power of a team, you know, the team being able to, you know, in essence, uh, you can delegate to them, you know, they, they become, you know, yep. extensions of yourself or they become, you know, uh, individuals that are able to intelligently operate and uh, accomplish goals. Yeah, hundred percent. I think that's, it's been vital. Um, one, obviously like going off de-stressing and stuff. It's like, if you always are 20 items behind on your to-do list, you're probably always going to be stressed, but obviously like as more work comes in and you have more things going on, it could be helpful to have someone, you know, as a right hand to help do some of the things maybe that, you know, you could do yourself, but maybe don't have the time to do anymore or maybe stuff that they're better at than you are. So instead of like, try to force yourself to be good at something that doesn't come natural to you. Maybe find someone who really loves that stuff and is really good at it. So I think it's been one of the more like game changing things to help scale up, um, w deliver a better service and also like work with more clients as a whole. Exactly. Um, and I think it also gives more of a unified approach on strategy. So it's like, I think there's an intangible benefit that you can't really put a price on or really calculate. 
when it's like two people going back and forth with ideas or, hey, maybe we could do this. Or if I don't know how to do something, you go to the team. It's like, hey, how do we do this? Maybe they know how to do it. So um, I think it's really valuable when you're at a place where you're kind of filling up your own time. So if you're starting from zero, maybe get to the point where you're like too busy and you have too much going on. Then it's like, hey, maybe now it makes sense to bring someone on or depending on your situation, maybe even bring someone on from the beginning. Um, but I think it's it's crucial. And I think anyone that wants to grow and scale any sort of like meaningful business, like the people that are watching this podcast, um, I think it's definitely necessary to get to the next level. Definitely. And getting to the next level, you're going to encounter challenges. And in essence, one thing I've started uh, realizing about life is this, that your ability to overcome those challenges equals the current level that you're at or the current level that yep. you're able to get to. And if the challenges yep. knock you back, that means that you got to go do more inner work to overcome and get to the next challenge. Or you need to surround right. yourself with different type of people. Something needs to be tweaked in some yep. aspect or form to uh, get you over that next hump. Um, you know, Definitely. dealing with the day in and day out, you know, there's so much opportunity. There's so much uh, excitement. Uh, when you think about, you know, a couple years from now into the future, you know, that's going to be like, you know, 2027, <laughs> which is kind of mm. crazy talking about it. But well, what do, what do you foresee? Kind of like what does the future look like to you? What do you for, you know, growth media? What, what do you envision? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I think I just want to grow and kind of do what we've been doing since we've started is working on bigger accounts, um, making like a deeper impact per client and working with larger clients. Um, and then also, um, yeah, working with more clients. So expanding the team, delivering a better service, either just in the service that we're doing now and continuing to refine and get really good at it, or maybe expanding and offering some other services. I'm not 100% sure on that, but just kind of like working with more clients, bigger clients, going deeper, providing a better service. Because ultimately, like one thing I've noticed that's really important is you want a business or clients that are sticky, meaning like people really like you, they referred people to you, they don't leave. Exactly. Running any business where you have to churn clients all the time is very difficult. So um, yeah, and also potentially like longer term. So we'll obviously do a structure where it's like some fixed fees, occasionally on certain clients, we'll do like a fixed fee plus like a percentage of ROAS or a percentage of ad spend. Sometimes we'll do like benchmarks. So it's like, hey, our fee's this, but if we hit this goal, then our fee becomes this. So we have like more incentives aligned with the clients. Um, and I think going forward, I'd like to do more of that. And then ultimately like opportunities, I think will come up where you get so ingrained in a client's business where they might even want us to have like a percentage of equity, even if it's a small percentage in it, just because we run all of their marketing, manage, you know, tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands a month in advertising spend. So I think there's a lot of opportunities in those verticals to keep growing, refining, like our skill set um, and just working with more people, having a bigger impact, and then also having like a deeper impact. Because kind of like I was saying before, at the end of the day, it's kind of like a game to me in certain ways. Obviously, the work and everything is very serious, but it's like I almost want to level up and, and get to that next stage. And I think that's kind of what that that looks like for me at this point. Exactly. You know, one thing that's really fascinating, we got social media, we got Instagram, so everybody nowadays is about highlights. Like, oh my God, I did this. Look at this golden trophy. Look at the award. Yeah. Talk about like something crazy that happened in the agency. He was like, oh my God, like that could have almost like ruined everything or some big thing happened with a client. You're like, oh, snap. like talk, talk about like that, that down, that learning lesson that was like, whoa, like that passing yep. bullet. A hundred percent. Um, 
I have to think. Uh, let me see. Um, I don't know. I might have to think about that when I come back to it because I don't have anything off the top of my head. Yeah, let's do the opposite of that. What's like the biggest success or like the biggest highlight or like the thing that you, whenever you think about it, you're like, yeah, like awesome, like yeah, you feel euphoria. Yeah, that's a good one too. I think there's a lot of it's a tricky one too because I think there's a lot of things go on consistently and it's like oh that's really cool. I, I don't know if I can really pin it to one thing, but you know there's been periods of time where maybe the business grew quickly, so we like landed like a good amount of clients in a short period of time, or periods where you know results were just crazy, where it's like wow like we scaled this ad account from you know we started with them at fifteen hundred dollars a month in ad spend and now we're spending fifty thousand a month. It's like you took someone from like a, a starting out level to a whole new level you know, growing with clients, like seeing clients get funding or open up different verticals or open up like, or grow and get, expand their team or warehouses. Or you start with someone and like, you know, then they get featured on like a bunch of cool platforms or TV shows. And it's like, wow, I was working with this person when they were like a little bit smaller and less known now, like we've blown up and we've grown together and things like that. So, um, yeah, I would say though, like, it's always satisfying to see a client get really good results. So coming in, it's like maybe they're unsure, they don't really know what to expect, and then like it's like boom, you, you start doing right like well off the bat, and you scale with them. It's cool to see someone go through that progression of being like, oh, Facebook ads, like I don't know, to like wow, like you know, forty percent of my business comes from my Facebook ads. If I turn them off, like you know, there'd be chaos. So I think that's been fulfilling, and I think it's been fun to some clients will like give us access to their programs or like send if it's an e-commerce. Uh, store maybe send out a gift like awesome. uh, I have a client who has like specialized candles recently and they sent over some candles that I have in my apartment so like um, I don't know I think there's been a lot of like fun highlights along the way but I guess I don't have one big one but I would say it's more of like a lot of yeah. little things that maybe happen it's, on like a recurring basis it's like an amalgamation <laughs> they all combine yeah. together to be one huge highlight <laughs> yep awesome and I feel like sometimes too like even for anyone it's like sometimes what people might perceive as that big highlight where it's like, okay, it was a really great opportunity and it was awesome, but it's like, well, there's also a lot of work that goes to it. So I feel like sometimes it's easy to be like, you you almost forget to celebrate the moment because like, okay, well, that's a great opportunity. Now I don't want to mess it up. Now I have to go work and figure out how we're going to make it work or, or whatever it is. Make it even better. Um, Facebook, right? As a... Yeah. Think as, as in essence, when you run ads, you're bidding on people's attention, like you're yep. on impressions. Um, and as we've seen, you know, more and more people are coming in to bid, thus raising the price. Uh, yeah, cost per action is going up. Now you you'll hear this word. Oh, you gotta be omnipresent, omnipresent, omnipresent. Like just don't yep. rely on Facebook. Don't just rely on. What are some other channels? that you think are going to be conducive mm -hmm. to clients' growth. Now, obviously, everybody's in a different industry, so Twitter may be better for this person or YouTube for this yep. guy. But what are some like immediate platforms after Facebook that or Instagram that you think like, huh, I think there's some fertile and uh, fertile ground here to, you know, if we were to run ads on it, to give them great results? Yeah, so I think for ads, Facebook will be the main one that encompasses, you know, Facebook, Instagram, and other audience networks. And you could really scale pretty high just off that. Like, I know plenty of people that are doing, you know, millions a year and only running Facebook ads. So I think sometimes people want to diversify too early. Um, so I think you, there's pretty far, like, people probably can go much further with their Facebook ads than they think. I think a good secondary one, though, and it really depends on industry, like you said. For some people, it might be Google, PPC, and YouTube ads. <laughs> 
for others it might be TikTok ads. Like I noticed now an e-commerce TikTok ads is kind of blowing up, which is why I, I want to get a little bit more familiar with that platform. Um, Pinterest ads I think is a little bit slept on, but again, it only might make sense for certain businesses. But I would say number three, probably like maybe a tie depending on what business you're in, but I would say Google ads and TikTok ads. Yeah. And then for organic, YouTube could be good maybe for coaches um, and consultants and stuff like that, but also off that podcast probably. And but I don't know, I think if people are, let's just say you're not trying to do long form content and stuff like that, I think Instagram reels and TikTok are great places to grow. So back when I started, you used to be able to grow posting organic Instagram and doing maybe a follow unfollow strategy or something like that to yeah. your first couple thousand followers. Now it's like very different. And I think if someone wants to grow organically and they don't want to spend a bunch of time producing long form content, then your best bet is probably like reels um, and TikTok is what I would say. Yeah. Uh, TikTok has begun to, I'm, I'm seeing this uh, explosion among marketers uh, with TikTok ads and the e-com niche and using it to scale info products and using it to scale uh, e-com sales and um, yep. the Chase Chapel, the, you know, Maxwell Fins, you know, um, yep. uh, Aaron Ball. I'm seeing a lot of guys just TikTok, 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 TikTok. Yep. And it's extremely fascinating because it's like Indiana Jones. You know, you're going into this yep. charted territory and you're like, shh, shh trying to cut through yep. and get to the diamond vase on the other side of like the Aztec skull. But what do you think is the, uh, yep. and I want to word this in a way whereby the whole audience can uh, make sense of it. But what do you think yep. is the lure or the attraction or the, fact that people are getting these results on TikTok, and, and what are your thoughts on that? Yeah. Um, I would say maybe at this point it's, it could be a little bit of a, a supply and demand thing mm. where I think a lot of creators haven't moved over fully to TikTok, and this is just my gut feeling. I could be wrong. I don't actually know, but I think it's a good question. I think the amount of people that are going onto the platform like to consume versus like the creators... Um, it isn't really as high there. I think now on like a Facebook or an Instagram platform, you're really vying for like your average like friends and family. Like a lot of people post on those platforms on TikTok. Like you don't really just post to post. Like you kind of have to be a creator in a way, at least from what I've seen. Like I don't see the trend to your everyday people. Like, oh, let me just post a TikTok to do document what I did this week. Like I think the barrier to entry is maybe a little bit higher than just throwing up a photo. And again, I could be wrong. That's just kind of like my gut feeling. But the other thing is, I think it's so new and popular. There's also less competition on the ad platform. And since the ad platform is new, your CPMs, which is your cost to advertise, is lower. Um, so I, I do think because of those and also because it's like more trendy and it's hot, I think TikTok themselves on the back end is working to make their platform better because obviously maybe they're trying to compete with Facebook or these other platforms. Of course. So I've noticed their customer support maybe is a little bit better and things like that. So that's probably i would say just as a gut feeling like again i don't know 100 percent why but that's kind of what my intuition is but I, I would actually be curious to hear what your thought around that is as well yeah i think for um TikTok, there's some frameworks that have started being established by ad you know advertisers are kind of freaks because they're saying to themselves i want to find a way to monetize this or i want to find a way to extract at a higher level you know and i think the thing with tiktok too as well because 
uh, in the agency I was in previous, uh, we ran ads on TikTok to uh, mm -hmm. help, like, you know, uh, people in the music industry. And that ads manager, I think, is a lot more advanced now compared to mm -hmm. when I tried it out back then or when the agency tried it out back then. I yeah. think they understand that, look, we are in competition with Instagram. You know, Instagram Reels was birthed as a result of TikTok, you know, and I think now there's something called TikTok stories or something like that. I'm like, yeah, that's right. uh, very unoriginal, but, <laughs> um, and I think they know one way to keep the growth of their platform is that you're going to need advertisers spending massive amounts of money on there so that yep. they can, you know, reinvest those funds into their development. So right. with all of that being said, um, they're going to make it conducive to get results for advertisers. I think the other thing is the fact that um, not as much competition because anything that is new to human beings, although there is awe in terms of exploration, there's also fear in terms of like, well, mm -hmm. that's unknown and I, I don't know about that, which is why yeah. I think that the marketers that get in early and kind of really understand how to um capitalize and take advantage and yeah. you know build yeah. uh, positively on that are going to have a huge uh head run i even started seeing guys um just running ads saying that hey are you a agency or are you like the joel kaplan's and stuff like that like here's how we use tiktok to do this so they actually mm -hmm. re-engineered it as a way to like gain a new source of clients that are uh, desensitized to Facebook ads and Instagram. Like, yeah, I seen that TikTok. What do you mean you do TikTok ads? True. And pulling them in. And I think the other thing too is TikTok's demographic is younger. Uh, so sometimes people shy away from that because they're like, ah, oh, you know, these young kids don't have any money. But when you look at it, like it's also got like those 23 to like early thirties who do have money yeah. in it too as well. Um, so I, I think, I think it's a it's a great uh, treasure chest for those that are able to like be courageous and, and, and spend and learn. Yeah, hundred percent. No, that makes sense. I think also there's a big thing to say about the first mover's advantage. So if you could be quick, but I think also some people misconstrue that where it's like they think the hot new thing will change all their problems, and it's like, well, you need to have strong fundamentals first, whatever vertical you want to go into, but. I think there is something to be said about having that first mover's advantage. Because even now, like, in the agency space, um, it's like, well, everyone's probably heard or been pitched Facebook ads, or a lot of people have, especially the bigger companies. But, like, TikTok is new. There's not as many people doing it, so there could be an opportunity there. But Big time. Um, yeah. Awesome. To the people that, you know, are listening and they're like, yo, I got to get started with Michael. I love everything that was said. How do people reach out to you? Do they go to your Instagram? Like, what's the best way for people to get in contact with you to get started? Yeah, 100%. Um, so I would say, firstly, go over to my website, which is just forward-growth-media.com. It's a bit outdated because we spend so much time working on other people's marketing that I don't spend enough time on our own. But um, we do have a good amount of clients we work with regardless. So go there. You can book in a call. Or you can email me at michael, um, michael at forward-growth-media.com. And we can set up a call like that. Like I said, we'll have an intro call with me or someone from my team. 
We'll audit your account. If it's a good fit, we'll you know get you scaled up, get you more leads flowing in, or, or get your sales um, increasing by scaling up your ad spend. So, so yeah, that's how you can reach out. And if you have any questions, also feel free to reach out there as well. Awesome, awesome. And then, quick question before we just kind of like you know wrap up and um, what industry or what niches do you like really enjoy? Yeah, so I would say it's uh, coaches, anyone in the online coaching space, and then also e-commerce. Um, and then, for example, we do have some lead gen clients outside of that, but I would say 80% plus is something online-based, whether it's coaching, e-commerce, or actually another one that I forgot that we'll occasionally work with as well as like a SaaS product. So I would say anything online really, but mainly coaching and e-commerce and SaaS, and then maybe a little bit of local lead gen here and there. Um, I also would say that everything is kind of case by case. So I audit businesses and we do our audits and things like that in the beginning, more on the fundamentals of the business. And if I think we can drive growth by leveraging online advertising. So if it checks those boxes, regardless of what it is, we can scale it. Oftentimes people are like, hey, I have a supplement company or a fashion company, can you help me? And it's like, well, a lot of the principles and stuff like that are universal. So we're just looking at the fundamentals and it's like, well, if you meet this criteria, we can likely scale you up. Um, obviously, the messaging and stuff will vary niche to niche, but that's why we have that foundational car process. So we can go into any niche, understand how to message in it, and then dominate it. Um, so yeah, but those are the main industries that we work in at this point. Awesome, awesome. Any last words that you have to say to the people? Anything that you want to get off your chest that you just want to put out there? It's um, a good question. No, I would say like for anyone that's watching this podcast, um, if you're looking to either like start a business or grow your existing one. Um, yeah, if you can find a, a mentor or something like Tolu and just model like what they're doing, I think that's a great starting point. Um, and yeah, I think it's always good first to always try to get like proof of concept whatever you're doing as soon as possible. So try not, I mean, everyone has the urge because they're scared of rejection or whatever. But yeah, just try to go out there, see if there's actually demand for whatever you're trying to start, whatever you're selling. And then from there, once you have something and you prove it out, your confidence will go up and you can scale from there. But Obviously, getting around like-minded people and consuming content um, that's conducive to growth is, is a good place. So, yeah, I mean, I commend you for being here. Hopefully, you got some value from, from what we shared today. Um, and, yeah, like I said, feel free to reach out if you have any questions. Definitely. Masterminders, everybody listening, we're going to give you guys straight access. Links in the description. Look, starting a business, scaling a business, um, using ads are key. It's literally like... Uh, pushing that nitro is like pushing the acceleration and not only that but marketers and don't underestimate the power of having another set of eyes looking at your business giving you valuable advice on how to scale it strategically because a lot of times uh, business owners get trapped within their own mind of how it should be and uh, there's that popular saying, you know, uh, two heads are better than one. And I think in this uh, rapidly changing world that we live in, it does not hurt at all to have an expert on your team. In fact, that could be the difference between successfully scaling and growing your business versus being the statistics of, you know, on average businesses fail within the first year five years something of that nature so super stoked super excited guys until next time michael we appreciate you uh being here appreciate you taking out the decisions the time the discipline the routine the going through client campaigns and making sure they're getting enormous results and who you had to 
undergoing, you know, sacrifice and train to be who you are today, which is of massive value to businesses around the world, not just now, but in the future as well. Yeah, 100%. Yep, thank you, Tolu. Also, thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. Awesome. All right, Masterminders, until next time, y'all take care and make sure you tap in with Michael, follow him on the social media platforms and reach out to him. What's the worst it will do for you? All right. Awesome. Thank you for listening to the Mastermind Your Life podcast with Tolu Owoyemi. We hope you enjoy. Be sure to rate and review this podcast on your favorite listening platform and follow Tolu on Instagram at T-O-L-U dot O-W-O-Y-E-M-I. Keep mastering your life and we'll see you here next time.